1: In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash/recommend today.
2: White Sox go. They wrapped up a series in Tampa Bay against a very good Tampa Bay team, a very young Tampa Bay team, outside of the issues that. They're very anti-gay. At least some of them are anti-gay, and that that storyline kind of took up a good point, a good chunk of that series. Do you believe in turning points? Do you believe a team can go into a hot AL East ball club and win the series and turn it around a little bit, score some runs, and kind of harness that as the fuel and the motivation to to break out of a slump?
1: Yeah, I think it's going to take a lot more than that for the White Sox to you know have a be a turning point, so to speak, but. What I do like about what happened this past series is the confidence that it gives the rest of the guys on the team. And I think that in order for the White Sox to be successful and to even get to a turning point, they need to have more offensive production from, you know, guys five through nine in the lineup. And here's an opportunity you hear about next man up so often, Shane. And when you're talking about the Tampa Bay Rays, I mean, listen, they heard everybody saying that they were going to suck. And they heard everybody saying that they're not going to win the division and they're a trash team now. they Hear that it's not like they're walking around and they're, they're not getting text messages and reading social media. So, to be given an opportunity to go up against the race team that they feel like they can't compete with, especially with their last two guys, right? Giolito and C. Gillen on the mile. Like, you were wondering, like, is this going to be the cease that, that has been dominant, or is this going to be the guy that's going to give up seven runs in the first two innings, or, or Giolito for that matter? Same thing, you know, are you going to get a dominant performance? So, so, it was good, but as far as turning point is concerned, I'm going to need way more then, you know, a, 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 a series victory against the Tampa Bay Rays, I'm going to need, like, I don't know. What, what, wouldn't you say, like, a turning point out of 10 games, how many victories do you think you need in order for it to be considered a turning point?
2: Well, I think it depends. The the opponents that that you're, you're playing and where you're at in your season. Like, it can be some kind of an emotional turning point where you come together a little bit, and, like, the Sunday's game where they scored six runs in the first couple innings, but then yeah. couldn't do anything after that. Like, that was fun. That's fun to watch the White Sox score runs. And you're talking about... You need production from your bottom five through nine guys. Usually, yeah, that'd be a good problem to have. You you need more production from your bottom five to nine guys. But with this version of the White Sox, outside of Andrew Vaughn and Jake Berger, healthy in the lineup right now, excluding Tim Anderson because he's not in the lineup, they need more production from all of them. You need 2021-type production from Yasmani Grandal, who's hitting below 200, slugging below 200, which is nearly impossible. You need 2021 production from AJ Pollock, who hit a bunch of homers last year and is not nearly the player this year as he used to be. You need 2021 production from y- Yohan Moncada, who doesn't look like anything right now. And maybe there's that long COVID and he's a little bit tired. You need 2021 20- production from, from, um, from Gavin Sheets, who looks lost at the plate every single time he's up there. <laughs> So it'd be a good problem to have a lack of production from five to nine only. But right now, outside of Jake Berger and Andrew Vaughn, the White Sox don't have offensive production consistently from anybody. So that's your point. You get legit production from your stars, and that's how you win baseball games. You can't just skate by on Jake Berger having four straight game-winning hits, and that's it. You need a lot more than that.
1: There's a, a Dominican restaurant. In Humble Park, right on Dickens and Kimball. And what I know Jose Obreyu ah, dude, I couldn't even tell you. But uh it's um Jose Obreyu orders from there a lot. He he tends to when he has other Dominican players that come in town, he makes sure he that they get food sent from this particular place. And I wonder if that's what it is. Cause cause Shane, I just can't I'm literally trying to think of these guys. It's not the money thing because it's not like they got this new money. They've been having this money. It's not like they're filling themselves because they still are burnt from losing to the Astros last season. So when, when I try to think of like what the hell is going on, it's like are they not getting mommy's cooking? Are they not getting the chuleta frita? Like are, are they not getting the the, the papaya de heno? Like what is it that's going on with this team and why aren't they producing? They always, you know, like I look at Mancada and I say to myself, "Puppy, I know you did the bachata thing." I know, I know you I, he's an emotional guy. Shane, you're a lover. And so you could understand. So I like to in my head, I like to imagine like what is really going on. Like, did he get into a fight with his girl and he's been beefing with her, you know, because Latino's which one? Which one? Which that's girl? my That's my point. That's my point exactly. Like he's going through girls, girl problems, and we're not even looking at it through that lens. We're we're trying to think like, oh, his front foot is not getting forward fast enough. Like, no, 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 no. He he got caught up by his by his main chick. But for what a side chick, like, it's, I, I don't know. Don't you just look at this team? Because what other reason can you come up with when it comes to the lack of productivity from the Chicago White Sox team?
2: Yeah, I mean, this might be I like what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. But when you're at this level, you can't those kind of things can't affect you. You can't let. Your personal, I mean, Michael Kopech just had a second kid with a second woman, and he's still out there
1: dealing after. He took a whole year off because his girl damn near cheated on him. Like, what are we talking (laughs) about? Like, dude. But he knew what he needed to do
2: to fix himself mentally and stepped away. Yoan Moncada Memorial Day weekend, played Sunday, and that was the last time he played in five days after that. But that night, Sunday into Monday, he was in freaking Tao until three o'clock in the morning with Johnny Cueto. Like, (laughs) I, that, may be, that may sound somewhat meatball-y, where I don't want these guys to have a personal lives or something like that. Of course, I want them to have personal lives. But it's not a good look when you're like chilling around in the dugout and you can't play in the baseball game, but you got people spotting you at town until three o'clock in the morning and then you don't play for the next five days. So my frustration with you all Moncada has always been, and I know this is stupid, I know it is because I'm not inside the guy's head, but it's always been it doesn't seem like he enjoys the game as mm. much as other guys do. And I, that's stupid. I know, it's like white guy yelling at, at baseball player. I don't want it to come off that way, but it just doesn't seem like he enjoys the game like other guys do. I, I, don't, know. I don't know. Shane, no, no, you
1: bring up a good point, and I think a lot of people don't talk about this too often the uh, think about the path that most Dominican players or Cuban players take to get to Major League Baseball. It is a grind from a very young age. So it's not I mean, whereas granted, there's a a part of the population that loves baseball, loves the fact that it's getting them out of whatever situation they were in growing up. But you've got to imagine that there's 20, 30 percent of the guys that are like, damn, I'm going to work just like A lot of us out there hate going to work every day. I'm sure that some of these baseball players, despite the fact that they're getting paid millions of dollars, they're not necessarily in love with it, right? It's a grind. It's a job. And I think that that doesn't get talked about enough. And when you look at a guy like Yohan Moncada, of course, we're not going to sit up here and say he doesn't love Major League Baseball. I'm sure he denied that to the core. However, I'm just saying, is that what it is? Are you, are you you know, burnt out on the game itself? Because he does have that – out. like, when you watch him on, he does not look like Tim Anderson when Tim Anderson hits a home run and he's geeked up running around the bases doing all this stuff and all the little signs that they have when they get on base. Like, Johan's you know, not that dude. He's pretty cool, calm, collected, and he's a pretty boy. So I'm sure he's, you know, been feeling himself for a very long time. But that's a great point. You would think that, like, somebody like Jose Abreu, would be able to get to him, and I wonder if even he's uh, out. Outlasted his welcome, you know, where where a coach kind of wears on you after a while. Is your as a, has Jose a, Abreu a done that to some of the guys in the clubhouse that he's been with for a while. No, I, I,
2: I would. I understand what you're saying, but I would shoot that down immediately. I think these friendships are so strong, and guys like Luis Robert, you know, Moncada, and soon to be Yobert Sanchez and Lennon Sosa. These guys of Dominican, Cuban, Puerto Rican. Uh, descent that are coming from over there to play baseball here. I think a lot of them are coming for Jose Abreu. Hmm. They're coming for that father figure, hey, help me assimilate into American culture and American baseball culture. I think those guys come here because of him. And I think that's why the White Sox were able to link Luis Robert to such a team-friendly deal and Yohan to a team-friendly deal um, solely because of Jose Abreu. <sighs> we can talk about turning points and specific outings or specific at bats until the cows come home but <laughs> until there is some consistent production from the players that you need to produce on a consistent basis this white Sox team just won't go anywhere yeah. there the expectations for them have always been so damn high and it seems like there's there's some kind of curse on their window and the window just keeps on. It's like when you're in your old Chicago apartment and you've got to prop your window up with like a cinder block or something okay. like that in the summer there. like, like four or five books that you don't want to read anymore. Like it feels like I'm constantly adding another book to that window in my first Chicago bedroom apartment, trying to open it a little bit more and extend that window a little bit more because right now it feels like it's closing. It feels like it's legitimately closing. These guys are not as young as they used to be. They're getting older. Jose Abreu might not be back next year. If he wants to play baseball next year, he will be back. If he doesn't want to, he's not gonna. He, he'll retire a White Sox. The window is closing, and the front office and ownership has not done enough to fortify and to put the best possible free agents in a White Sox uniform that they could have. They go bargain bin hunting. That's that's Josh Harrison. Yeah. That's. You didn't need to spend as much money as you did on Joe Kelly and Kendall Graveman. Like that money could have gone to the qualifying offer or the, the club, the club option on, um, it, on, uh, Cesar Hernandez, who hit, 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 had a, 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 uh, uh, cycle last night. I think that yeah. was Cesar. All oh, right. No, I was Eduardo Escobar <laughs> never mind. But well, Cesar Hernandez still started off the season. Awesome and the White Sox just let him go for absolutely nothing and decided to fill that position with Josh Harrison. There are so many frustrations that you can't even talk about a turning point until they put the best possible roster out there that they can. It's almost like
1: we're like we're, it's like we're, Josh we're Josh dude. Shane, it's like we're it's like we're unfamiliar with success. And we don't know how to find it consistently. You look at teams like the Twins in the AL Central. You look at a, at a team like the St. Louis Cardinals, mid-market teams that somehow m- manage to get their money in places where it should be, and and have competing teams year in and year out. Where the White Sox seem like they got to build a winner that they need to jump on. You ever have you ever lived or or hung out with somebody that lived near a train? And you and you yeah, know how like
2: California Blue Line.
1: Oh, okay. Blue. So you know what it's like where. People come to your house, people come to your house and then they're like, dude, how do you live like that? You're like, live like what? Like you don't hear the noise in the background. You know, it becomes I feel like that's how we are as Sox fans. Like we see this team, we know some, we know there's noise, but we don't know how loud it is. And I think a lot of people look at this team and they're like, you guys aren't positioned for success in the future. You all right, baby? You aren't positioned for success in the future. And it sucks because they got a good enough team to be there. Don't you think, Shane? I mean, like they like, have a good enough team to compete.
2: The, the, ta- the talent's there. It's about execution. This is solely about execution. It's about execution. It's about putting your team in the absolute best position to succeed. And that's something, like I said, front office and the current manager and Tony La Russa, doesn't do. I, if I see Andrew Vaughn, who is, when Tim Anderson's not in the lineup, the best hitter on this team and the best pure hitter total on the team, if I see him in the six, seven, eight, or nine hole one more time, I'm going to offload my season tickets to the next lucky bastard that I see walking down the street. Like, Hey, you can just have the rest of them. This is where we
1: disagree, bro. This is where we disagree. You want Andrew Vaughn at the bottom of the lineup? Not bottom, like seven, eight, nine, but I don't mind him in the five, six, seven space. You know, I I just, I just, I look at, I look, it's like, it's like, look, Shane, we we play on the same softball team together. When you had me leading off that one game, what did I say? I'm like, dude, yeah, I can hit, and I'm going I'm to get a hit every time. But I'm going to end up on first base. I'm not going to hit a triple. I'm not going to double. I'm not going to get a home run. And I feel like that's how Andrew Vaughn is, where you can count on him to get that base knock. But it'd be much better if there were people in scoring positions so that that way you can take advantage of it. The worst thing I would like is for me to get on base and then I'm a duck out there on first, not being able to get in because we're 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 then depending on guys that are struggling. Because you just said it yourself, one through nine, we're struggling outside of Anderson and, and Andrew Vaughn. But if we could luckily get a three, four, five guy, two, three, four, five guy on and you have Andrew Vaughn to then take it over after that.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, I mean, I, th- th- I just need some more runs, and I'm trying to figure out how to get them, you know?
2: In, in a normal situation where all the other White Sox stars were producing, then, yes, I'm with you. Andrew Vaughn's probably suited best in the five or six hole because guys will get on base in front of him. In a situation where literally nobody is getting on base, and Andrew Vaughn is one of the only ones, then I want him getting as many at-bats as humanly possible. So, hell, I'd have Andrew Vaughn lead off if nobody else is getting on base. And he's the <laughs> one getting on base. I'd have Dick Berger lead off. Like Yasmani Grandal let off the other day. Like, they're, they're having to piece together things while Tim Anderson is out. And the Yasmani Grandal thing, like, whatever Tony feels he's got to do, maybe he feels like he has to put him in a higher up position to, to up his ego or confidence or something because. Outside of the little half swing, <laughs> two RBI single that he had in Tampa Bay, the guy has shown yeah. absolutely nothing. So in a normal situation, yes, I agree with you. Andrew Vaughn's likely your best five or six hitter, maybe maybe even a four hitter. But in this situation where nobody else is hitting and nobody's getting on, I want him high up as possible to get. All some right, give me, like
1: Okay, oh. let's 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 pretend everybody's healthy, Shane. Let's pretend everybody's okay. healthy. And let's I make have it. a lineup board. Oh, Can I, I love this! Damn okay. it, I love this! All right, go ahead. Uh,
2: I, so Tony La we were what 52 games in or 51 games in he's had a different lineup for every single game assuming everyone is healthy like this is your optimized Chicago White Sox lineup with one removal Reese McGuire is no longer on the team because I can't stand him that
1: <laughs> you hate him <laughs> right
2: dude I, I can't stand that guy Tim Anderson leading off Andrew Vaughn in the two hole Luis Robert in the 3 hole, Jose Abreu in the 4 hole, Yoan Moncada playing second base, in the 5 hole. Okay. Uh Yasmani Grandal in the um 6 in the in the 6 hole, DHing, AJ Pollock in the 7 hole, and then either Lennon Sosa or Yolbert Sanchez playing
1: second Dude, base. Where's Eloy Jimenez at, bro? Come on. We got to get him in that lineup. Oh shit! <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm like, I'm like, you got your arm at the five. Why not Eloy? I'm like, okay, okay. I'm I'm brainwashed
2: right now. I'm brainwashed <laughs> by the the uh, the White Sox injury bug, and I forgot that Eloy even existed for a
1: second. <laughs> He's about to yeah. do his okay. triple triple uh, A assignment, so he'll be back soon. You got to throw Eloy at five in there. I like yes. the lineup. I love the lineup so far.
2: That that's the problem because you look at somebody like Jake Berger, who's absolutely smashing the ball. There's really no room for him except for maybe at DH when, when Eloy comes back, there's no room there. Right. Because Pollock's going to be in the lineup. Grandall has to be in the lineup.
1: And and he, the unless he keeps time. sucking. Unless he keeps sucking, then then and you got to have him be a pinch hitter off the switch hitting pinch hitter.
2: I, I, just, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. So Anderson, Vaughn, and Wright. I, I, I'd i have to play Vaughn over AJ Pollock right now. Yeah. Luis Robert in center. Abreu, first base in the four hole, Eloy left field in the five hole, Moncada at third base, Grandal catching, and then Lennon Sosa, Yolbert Sanchez, or Jake Berger at second base, and then your your DH is, is I, I, Berger when he's not playing second base, that yeah. kind of thing, you know? It's tough. It's, it's a good problem to have if everyone's healthy and playing well. And that doesn't happen nearly often enough. Ever. And and, and this lineup misses the best table setter in all of baseball in Tim Anderson, one of the best leadoff hitters in baseball, one of the best contact guys in baseball, one of the best defensive shortstops in baseball in Tim Anderson, and that's what they're missing right now. You can't have a carousel at the top of the lineup. You just can't especially in
1: a team where nobody gets on base at the moment. Yeah. I mean, Danny Mendick's been trying his best. I mean, obviously, but no one's going to fill the shoes with Tim Anderson. I think we should spend a moment or two just to have some Tim Anderson love. I, I, I was talking to Anthony Heron the other day, and I was like, he had the quietest batting title you've ever seen in in major league baseball like he won it and no one cared and it was like dude this guy just came out of nowhere and and it was like you know what i'm gonna focus on base hits doubles and smacking the ball with just raw power occasionally and then when the batting title and no one's like no one gave him love it was like people just thought it was this anomaly like this outlier that happens like no then he came back i mean he's hitting 356 right now i mean we're not talking about. You know, people are struggling to hit 300 all across Major League Baseball. Let people alone the Chicago White Sox. across Major League. Baseball, right? <laughs> right, and you got I this mean, guy just like I stroking mean. 356, making it look easy. And then you got, you
2: know, got the guys like Connor Green in Cincinnati who are throwing sliders that break 48 inches or whatever the whatever the hell that guy's <laughs> slider breaks. Disgusting. Nobody can make contact right now. None of the White Sox players, and Tim Anderson's not there. The only one who can. not
1: yeah, and I think he doesn't get enough love of what he does. But, I mean, and even what he did against the Yankees uh, in, the, in the last uh, matchup that they had, you know, after all that drama, you know how hard it is to hit a home run in, in, in the majors? And for him to do it the very next game, like, you know how much that that's like, that's mind blowing. You got to like that is some Floyd Mayweather type stuff where I'm going to talk trash and back it up in the form of a home run. Like you only have. 20 something of them throughout the entire year and for you to smack one in order to do that is just absolutely incredible but
2: Uh, go ahead i'm
1: sorry no 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 i was just saying so tim anderson i I think he he, even it's hard to say he's underrated but he's still underrated i think that that's the, the takeaway right there
0: this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what